Hello, Paul Osborne here with the Austerity Abacus as we pick over the carcass of this year's second budget. The second budget in four months, come to think of it. A difficult budget. So you see, the thing is, this budget is all about making difficult choices that got to support our long-term economic plan. Sorry, I'm not actually talking about the budget. It's actually the budget for this podcast. Um, Now, while obviously I am massively in favour of anything that increases the minimum level of pay for hard-working families, it is going to place a financial strain on us. And sadly, uh, Robert, we might have to let you go. Really, that's it. It's inevitable. It's a time still of austerity, and I realise I'm a a likely victim of that. And we could put you on one of these modern apprenticeships, which basically means that, that we don't pay you. But you mean there's still hope? There's still hope in the medium term, then? The important thing is it's always better to be working than claiming benefits. Now, you are working and you're not claiming benefits, but you're also not getting paid. Mm. But what I'm doing is I'm enabling you to become a better person. Well, I feel already spiritually enriched, I have to say, like probably swathes of people around the country presently. Understandable. You know, it's just eight weeks since the Conservative Party won the general election, and I seem to recall them dismissing pretty much everything that Labour suggested as dangerous insanity. Dangerous insanity, like raising the minimum wage, putting in restrictions on non-DOM tax status, that kind of... Hang on a minute. As if the Labour Party aren't having enough problems, now George Osborne comes in and steals all their clothes in the night. Yes, he's been, I think the phrase, political jackdaw, was what I heard today. And yet you're right, of course, such things as a living wage, i.e. a new minimum wage, uh, attacking the the, the privileges of non-doms, even, dare I say, the great northern powerhouse. All these things in in various forms have been somewhat borrowed from the Labour Party. Are we now saying the official government policy is that poor people should effectively not breed so much? They're the people who are never going to win the Conservative Party elections. You know, that, that, that budget was, I think, was very much in line with the beliefs of the people who got them back into Downing Street in the first place. And let's be frank, also was probably, you know, tempting certain people who even still voted Labour in May. I, that was the territory it was going for. The people who are suffering uh, as a result of this budget are people who, of course, are, will never vote Conservative anyway. And in fact, I think there's almost a bit of a strategy with the Tory party where they're trying to steal some of Labour's clothes as well. They're, they're, they're leaving them with, say, the disadvantaged in society. And that's where Labour currently are their argument and frankly that's not enough to win Labour elections as they, as they found out. And yet on paper the minimum wage, living wage, whatever it's going to be called in the future will have risen by the end of this decade by 38%. I don't think I'm expecting to get a 38% yeah. pay rise in the next four years. The problem seems to be that that rise is down the line and the cuts in the tax credits yes. are happening a lot sooner. Always a devil in the detail. It's, it, it's always a juggling act of budget. So I say on the one side, very much giving, but very much taking on the other. And the assault on the welfare bill that's coming up over the next few years is going to be very severe indeed. Now, how are they going to deal with all of that negative press? The BBC News on the night of the budget had a woman in tears talking about the removal of her tax credits as a Labour MP has written a piece for the Huffington Post about how she wouldn't have got to where she is if she hadn't been able to get tax credits while she was working in a low-wage job. The Institute for Fiscal Studies saying that the changes to tax credits are going to cost 3 million families, on average, £1,000 a year the, the rhetoric that this is a budget that's good news for everyone everyone deserves a pay rise it's going to start to unravel quite quickly 
Although, I'm not sure. I mean, from a plainly cynical political point of view, I think they've, I think they've pulled it off. I, thought, I think Osborne, being the strategist he is, I think will be pleased with his work. I, I do think that the, the, the support that they've identified where their natural area of support is, it's one that's gone and back into Downing Street with a, with a relatively small majority. But I think in terms of those people, I think the budget will generally be warmly welcomed. And it's those people that they're aiming this at. So, yeah, of course, there will, there will always be the harrowing stories of the people who suffer at the hands of, of such actions. But I think overall, politically, I think it's a success. And I think the Labour Party are struggling to sort of find their own identity amid all of this. Because as we've just said, the, the, the Tories have blatantly taken whole chunks of Labour economic policy. Very hard for the Labour Party to oppose a rise in the wages paid How do you? How to the do lowest you? paid people. Yeah. Economically, if you're sitting there as the Labour shadow chancellor presently, you are struggling to disagree with the, the vast majority of things that, that uh, Osborne was saying. Incidentally, the Labour shadow chancellor, if you were wondering, and I know more or less everybody is, is a chap called <laughs> Chris, Chris, Chris Leslie. Chris Leslie, Chris Leslie yeah. um, who I'm sure we would all recognise if we accidentally bumped into him <laughs> in a queue outside an underground station. Let's spend a moment to consider the somewhat hypnotic sight of Ian Duncan Smith pumping his fists <laughs> and shouting the word fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. hypnotic. If you haven't seen this, look it up. It's oh, all over Vine and Twitter and, and the interwebs. It's really disturbing. Yeah. Presumably the plan all along was that we would cut to Ian Duncan Smith. This is a little, oh, little, little fist pump. That little kind of Tim Henman-esque fist pump it of It was Henman-esque, yeah. It reminded me, I had a rather drunken uncle at my sister's wedding a couple of weeks ago on the dance floor and seeing Ian Duncan Smith yesterday, it sort of reminded me of that. I inspired similar feelings of embarrassment, essentially. Ian Duncan Smith, by the way, or perhaps Mr. Fantastic, as we should now start calling him, <laughs> uh, has four children. So that that's just something, if you are a poor person and you're listening, mm. uh, you know, if you could get over your poverty, then the, the, the shackles on on reproduction are lifted. And you could be like Ian Duncan Smith with a with four children, or David Cameron, of course, has three. With with the wealth come the both, perks. Both with the benefit of a long term economic plan, Paul. Now it's funny you say that because we were discussing a little bit earlier about how this new budget and these new, very heavy, onerous responsibilities on on employers to pay more in wages has raised some financial questions over the viability of this podcast and specifically over your viability. I know, I know, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm, I'm heading for the uh, the finish line, to be brutally honest. I have had another idea of a way yeah. that we could actually make this a bit more sustainable. It's that we should go on game shows using the winnings from these programmes to, to cover the costs of, let's be honest, you eating. I like that. What, which one are you thinking of? I'm a big fan of the chase, and I think I could. I think I could take down a chaser. To be perfectly honest with you, I think you could with the, with the right subject matter. I think I could do that. I'm not. I'm not going to go on countdown because I'm not clever enough. What we're looking for is programs where you don't really have to be very clever to win a lot of money. So there's no point going on Only Connect, right? Yeah. Because it doesn't matter how clever you are, or you're going to win a fruit bowl. It's pointless. Yeah. You need to go on things like catchphrase where the ability to say stable door horses bolted can earn you maybe £50,000. I'll practice that one. It's funny you say that because I've got a little opportunity for you to practice it now. Let's play Budget Bingo. Budget Bingo, right. (laughs) 
What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you how many times you think in the budget speech George Osborne uttered some of his favourite phrases. Oh, God, this is a good test. Now, bear in mind that speech was about an hour and five minutes long. Oh, so right. just think about this. how long would you talk for an hour and five minutes? So let's try... Long-term economic plan. I am going to say that he said long-term economic plan six times. Six times. That's your final answer. It's going to be. And it's wrong, I'm afraid. It was, oh, what was... It was just two. Oh. Just two. Though he did also use the phrase economic plan once on its own and also said long-term economic future. Well, let's just put those and make it four so it looks like I was closer. Let, yeah, it's not, it's not right. Okay, let, <laughs> let's, let's try your second one. Difficult choices. Ooh, he likes that. He does like that. Um, three. Now, this is interesting. He actually only said it once. Oh. But twice he said difficult yeah. decisions. So I'm going to oh. give that to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give that to you. Yeah. Now, finally... Let's go for the big one. Yes, come on. Hard-working families. Oh, that's 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 a biggie. Surely. Hard-working families. I am going to say five times. Five times. Yeah. Didn't say it once. Oh. He didn't say it once. He did say hard-working people once. Obviously, people yeah. have now replaced five. I suspect, call me a cynic, when the following day, after the budget, you were going to have all these stories about how a lot of, shall we say, hard-working families were going to be worse off because of the changes yeah. you were making to tax credits, it might not have been a good time to keep talking about hard-working families, as opposed to hard-working people. People. He's a clever man, that George Osborne, you know. We should keep an eye out for him in the future. Yeah, I think he may be going places. <laughs> Let's move on to, to, to the Labour Party. So that how, how is how is Labour's leadership marathon, its summer-long festival going on? And how particularly is that plan to invite little little Jeremy Corbyn in to have a go? It would have been unfair to exclude him on the grounds that his policies could render Labour unelectable for another generation. One report at the weekend said that he could well come second. Uh, the biggest union in the country is endorsing him for leader. Yep. It's going very well, isn't it, inviting him in? Yeah, he always was going to do well. Once, yeah, I think once once he was actually you know, secured the candidacy and was, it was there. I mean, I, I think uh, he, he strikes a chord with a lot of Labour activists at the end of the day who who are, let's be frank, you know, more to the left than the mainstream party. He says some very romantic, some would consider inspiring things. It just makes absolutely no sense when it comes to actually running a country or be or winning a general election. But there are plenty of people in the Labour Party who care about neither, to be brutally honest. Give them a donkey jacket and a walking stick. Yeah, it's just, and it's the you know, the backlash of, you know, we all know of, of the of that, that man they don't like to talk about who accidentally managed to win three elections in a row. The bastard. <laughs> yeah, it's a swine, you know, the embarrassment of that. And there were a lot of people who were never, never comfortable with that sort of thing and much prefer the lukewarm water of being the plucky underdog. And Corbyn obviously represents that. He's an intelligent man. But it, it, let's just say I don't think there'd be a troubling Downing Street if he had got near the leadership. Now, meanwhile, the uh, official Facebook page of Liz Kendall's leadership bid now has mm. just over 4,000 likes. Likes are apparently very important. 
Uh, and she has a little over 4,000 of them. The problem is that that's not many more than the number of people who've signed up to another Facebook page, which endorses Liz Kendall as the next leader of the Conservative Party. <laughs> is it yes, possible that she might have accidentally filled in the wrong form? Because she doesn't seem to say things that sound terribly sort of labory. No, she's tried... Uh, to be fair, because because she she's come in as the the, you know, the lesser known quantity compared, obviously, to Yvette Cooper, and Andy Burnham, she's trying to put so you know, a clear amount of water between herself and them. Yeah, to, and saying I'm just having to say some tough things that the party won't would, don't want to hear. She's obviously associated with being something of a Blairite, but she she is in terms of to the right of the Labour Party. It it, it, it it feels like she's got one leg, possibly two, over that line. To be brutally honest, she's uh, she really is. Uh, pushing the centrist thing to the extreme. It's, it's, it sounds pretty much centre-right, doesn't it? Although you could argue that Tony Blair may have been centre-right, and as we said, he won three elections on that, uh, on that basis. Here's something that's just bound to get the audience thrilled. Let's talk about the Liberal Democrats. Yeah. Come on. Oh, I might as well talk about this who's going to run think. a school fate. Uh, anyway, so will it... Let's try and drum up some enthusiasm for this bit. Yes. Will it be Norman Huhi Lam? Or Tim, never heard of him, Farron, who is tasked with the responsibility of getting the Liberal Democrat Parliamentary Party into the back of the minibus that will take them to a conference which has this year been relocated to a booth in a Cafe Nero's in Poole. Uh, the announcement is due on the 16th of July. You might just want to get your diaries out and write that down. Yeah. It's going to be a big day in politics. I imagine the, the number of actual people voting. They say the Lib Dem membership's actually gone up, hasn't it? Which isn't a hard thing since the election. But, you know, it, it, we're, we're not... Uh, we're not talking a huge percentage of the country being on the edge of their seat for this one. My hunch is, I mean, I actually was sad enough to check the odds. And I, yeah, I believe Farron remains the favourite. My guess would be that he'll be, he'll be elected this month. And it'll be Tim Farron who gets to never be on the news or possibly pop up for five seconds after someone yeah. you've never heard of from the SNP. I, well, I think Lamb just, it, it seems that anyway, he's more associated with the, the, the Clegg approach politics you know while Farron again is a sort of plucky outsider who's kept his distance from the coalition I think he just he he looks like the sort of person who could sort of help them in terms of rebuilding winning council seats again they had a huge presence in local government across the country I think Farron looks like the sort of the the, the earnest sort of down-to-earth character who could who could do that for them. Our next podcast will, will, in the same way that the BBC managed to create a Wimbledon Highlights programme that was almost entirely devoid of tennis, yeah. maybe we could create a politics podcast that was entirely devoid of politics. Well, we've, tr we've tried. We've tried. God knows we've been trying long enough. We might get it right one day. I think we should go and fill in those application forms for catchphrase. Yes, and I need to mock up on, you know, my quiz skills, judging by what happened before. And listen more carefully to George Osborne next year. Any TV producers listening who fancy uh, having a couple of people come on and massively enrich your daytime TV content uh, in return for no more than thirty or forty thousand pounds, do please get in touch. It's it's another one of those difficult decisions that we have had to take as what I like to think of as our own hardworking family. <laughs>